Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, my name is Rebecca Kelly and you're listening to the Everywhere We Go podcast. On this week's episode, I sit down with Sarah Brogan, also known as the Ballymun Hun. With a handle like the Ballymun Hun, Sarah is one of the biggest personalities on Instagram. Her hilarious badass videos have amassed over 100,000 views. But in spite of this public persona, there's a certain vulnerability about Sarah. She tells me about growing up in Ballymun, the horrific murder of her father and the many incidents that left her so angry. We talk about how a surprise doctor's appointment led to counselling to overcome this anger. And it was from this anger that the Ballymun home was born. What started as a laugh on Facebook developed into an account on the polished world of Instagram. We talk about the clip and edit culture and how she maintains her mantra of being a normal girl in a filtered world and how grateful she is for her loyal followers and the support from her community. Sarah is articulate as she is funny and it is an absolute honour to share her story. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? So I'm Sarah and I'm from Ballymore. Yeah, we have the Ballymore horn, Sarah, in the house today. (laughs) Sarah, thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. Let's start at the very beginning. Tell me about your family and about Ballymun and growing up in Ballymun. So my family, I have, it's me, 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 me sister, my brother and my mum. Um, live in Ballymun all my life, to be honest. I think I lived in, in the flats, four stories. So Sarah, um, we were chatting, I'd followed you a long time. And then all of a sudden we were chatting and I jumped into your DMs and I said to you, do you know the Jervises? Yeah, yeah. And who are my family up in Ballymun and you came back with a name to me that is never given back to me. That is crazy. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. That was absolutely mad. It actually took me breath away. I rang my mom straight away and I couldn't believe it. So for context, um, when I say that name, the Jervis people would say my other cousins and um, Sarah said my cousin Elizabeth who passed away yeah. a few years ago and nobody ever says Elizabeth's yeah. name to me. Yeah, she was my mom's best friend. I know, I know. Stop, I'll probably get emotional. Like, I can't believe it. She was actually my sponsor for my confirmation and all. Like, we were so close, so close. Grew up at Liz all my life. Small world. It's just such yeah. a small world, isn't That's it? That's when I knew I had to come. Do yeah. a podcast with you as well. Yeah. And I was like, right now, I really have to do this now. We kind of know each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so tell me about um, growing up in Ballymun. So in the house, in the flats, yeah. Who was there in there? It was, before we were in the flat, four stories we were there for years. Um, I think we lived in there 15 years. I think it was when I was 15, then we moved into the new house. And it's been me, my mum, my brother, my sister, all my life. But 
at the moment now, my brother is actually in rehab. He is a recovering alcoholic, let's say. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing really, really well now. He is 36, 37 maybe. Yeah. And he has a little child, Connor. He's my nephew, which everyone who is probably listening knows. Connor knows how much I absolutely adore him. But yeah, I think with me brother, I was kind of a bit growing up in Ballymun. He was always mad. I know I'm mad a bit as well, but mm. he was mental and everyone knows him. Everyone knows of him and real kind of, if you went to a party, he'd be the one to drink everyone under the table. And it just kind of got a bit, I don't know, really like just, I don't know where it all went wrong from in a kind of way. Like my mom raised us all the same and he just kind of went a bit downhill. I think my mom couldn't deal with it after so long, you know, he was coming home constantly drunk and we were like, oh God, what are we going to do? So we just had to kind of stop him coming home, being drunk. Like, look, you can come here when you're not drinking, but when you're drinking, you're going to have to probably stay outside. Like he was just smashing the place up. It's mad really in a way. Just, and then you go and see him. He was begging outside the shops and stuff. That was one of the hardest things I think that I ever had to go through was to see my brother begging outside like our shop in Ballymun. The super value, like you walk by it every single day. My mom's job was across the road, but he didn't want to be helped. Like he had to reach rock bottom before he got his help. He actually was locked up and then he got out. Didn't help, literally was still bad. Didn't want to come home, just wanted to drink. And in my mind, I'm like, you have a child. What is wrong? And he just got locked up again. And then I think that's when he knew he was like, look, you have nothing to come home to. What are you going to do? So he was locked up for, I think, all his, all his charges are actually only drunk and disorderly. In a way, it was nothing bad. He wasn't robbing. He wasn't doing that. And he was just drunk everywhere. <laughs> so he is in rehab now. He went, Yeah, he was locked up for the six six months the second time. And for in order for him to actually get out, he had to go to rehab. Okay. So that's what has changed his life. He's there now. He's drink free almost a year and a half, I think. And he's in, it's in Teagland. Am I allowed to say yeah, name? Yeah. Teagland, he's in Teagland and Wicklow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's so, up yeah. there and he is doing so, so well now. So especially, I don't think there was no really services to help him. Like there is a few in Ballymun, like Yap and Star Project and all, all them things. The job centre actually are really, really good with helping people as well. But he had no stability, like he had no home. But we couldn't obviously have him in our home when he was drinking. So he is getting a house and all out of us now. That's okay. so good. We are actually so delighted about that. At what point were you like, oh God, this is getting too much for us? I think it was when he started getting so angry. He came, literally came home one day and he just was like, I want it. I want more drink. He was drinking the drink that we had hidden away. Like we had to hide drink away and stuff like that. So I actually had a big, huge fight with him. Like I, I was never very angry, but I do think we all have a little few anger issues don't we and I just lost it with him and I remember actually saying to my mom one time like I can't deal with him my mom was like no neither can I and I think as well my mom what really made her say like she just kind of couldn't help him he didn't want to be helped and I think you have to want to be helped in a way like you can't well you say to him right look come home sit here stay for the weekend see how you feel he'd be grand all weekend but Monday he'd say going over to collect me money and he'd be out drinking again and be like what the hell so I think when I had that big I had a big huge fight with him and I didn't speak to him for over a year that was so hard I think I had my nephew came out on Saturday he he always comes out on Saturdays so he came out on Saturday I it was my week before I was paid literally had 30 euro in my pocket and 
my nephew came out and he could sit down like, right, we'll do something. So me, me, my sister and my best friend brought him bowling. Brought him bowling and all. Spent my last 40 euro on him, literally bowling. Think I paid for the bowling, my sister paid for the food when we got home. And the next day I seen him outside the super value. I hadn't spoken to him in months. And I walked by him and that was so hard. And he screamed at me. He's like, you got walking by me. Can't believe you're walking by your own brother on the street and all. But I turned and I seen these people that I knew. And I was like, I cannot respond to him. I had to keep walking. So I kept walking. I rang me man. And I was, I was so angry and I was so upset. Me, I was like, look, you're allowed to be upset. You're, you're seeing your brother. And I was like, you know what I need the most? Don't sit there and tell me that I don't care when I'm at having your child for the weekend. I spent my last 30 euro on him. I think that for me, I was just like, I cannot deal with him anymore. It was hard, but I had to do it. And recently only got back talking to him. Not long before he got out to force time, mm. he rang the phone. And I think we were obviously in lockdown at the time. Mm. He rang the phone and we were all in a group chat, group video call. And I walked by and he's like, is that Sarah? And I just waved at him. And I started crying. He was like, what's wrong? And I was like, you look great. And it was just so sad. It was so sad. But I feel like I, he was making me so angry. And I just, I, kept, I was getting phone calls at my friends. And I'm in work like your brother's. Passed out in the field. It was just not nice. Like it just, and I probably shouldn't have just cut him out, but he would, he did, again, didn't want to be helped. I always say it, you can't be helped unless you want to be. And I honestly feel like that's not really out there enough. I, I can't get help. Sometimes you don't want the help. Mm. And it's, that's a hard to hear. It is hard to hear. I know that, but it is mad. Like me, man, poor man, people stopping us on the street, your child, Say that he's hungry, blah, blah, blah. My man's like, I'm only giving him a tenner. I'm going to buy him a pizza. He's not hungry. He wants some money for a drink. If he was hungry, he knows he can come home and get fed. Mm. But he didn't want to be fed. Like, he, he just wanted to drink. Yeah. So it's crazy. It is. It's, it's absolutely mad. But he's doing really well now. We should be getting out in the next few months, have his own place down in Wicklow. I just feel like he can't, he, he can't come back to Ballymun. It's just not good for him. There's nothing for him to do here. He's nowhere to go. It's just, and it's sad to think. Do you think the surroundings didn't help him growing up or why do you think he went down the route of drink? I re- do you know, it's something that me and my mum always have a conversation about. Like we, we were raised the same. The trip, like me, 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 my sister and my brother. And I just, I, I don't know. I think the issues that he probably has to deal with himself. I really don't know. Now we have different fathers, me, my brother and my sister actually. So my brother's dad, he kind of, is out of the picture since he's quite small. And for me, I think it hurts me with my brother as well. The fact that his father wasn't there and I can't see why he wouldn't want to be there for his child. Now, he's the best dad in the world when he's not drinking, but sometimes the drink clouds his judgment and there we go. But that's the only thing I can kind of think of really that. And that's a lot though, Sarah. Do you not yeah. think that men in any way struggle with their mental health and their emotions and yeah. you know I don't speak about they it. don't speak about it why can't men I know I know and I think for him as well he just bottled it all up maybe and then again like he, he was in a relationship and he lost his job and then his relationship broke down and maybe it was just too much from honestly because he had a great job he was a he was a security man like he he worked his little arse off to be quite honest he really did and he had the best of everything so it was really really hard to watch him struggle and Seeing him now is so good. Seeing him so happy and healthy. And he's he's struggling a little bit in there because it's very religion based. Right. He is struggling a small bit with religion. He told him that and stuff like that. But he's trying and even for him to try where he, got, he said to me a few weeks ago, he goes like the religion part. Like I just, I did feel like leaving. I was like, but you can't like, we, right, we weren't raised based on our religion solely. We weren't. I said, so obviously you're going to struggle with it. But don't let that knock you how far you're after coming. 
what's bit. And did you did they do family counselling as well? They do as well. Yeah, mm. we do Zoom calls. I actually think we've only done one or two of them, but it's, it's, as well with Corona, it's been very hard. Now, my mom has went up the same. Mm. My mom and his little his little young fellow went up the same there for a couple of weeks. Ago. So he's delighted with that, and he gets like days out. But again, Corona, and it's in Wicklow. We can't travel. Mm. So he's hoping to get out for a weekend now soon. So hoping that goes well. That's all we can hope for, really. And that's it. And the house that he'll get then, will that be, where does he know where I think it's be? near near where he's actually mm. staying at the moment. Yeah. So he'll have a little apartment. I think it's kind of just like a stepping stone. Right. To see how he gets on living mm. by himself for a couple of months. Hopefully, Jesus. My uncle now, he, um, I don't know where he is, but I'll actually have to ask my ma where he is, but he is doing so well. Is he? He's doing so well. Yeah. He's off to drink a very long time. And it's the same thing that he couldn't go back to the home in Sheriff Street because there was different circumstances in the home. Yeah. Um, so he couldn't go back to the home. So he he's housed and I think he lives with some men and now he's like looks oversees all the men yeah, in the yeah. house and stuff like in the housing mm. project, wherever it is. But um, he's doing really, really well. And he's one that as well. We would have saw, I, I've seen, you know, coming out of my job and I'd see him and, and across the way sitting outside the pub. It's so hard. And I just ignore him. Yeah. And it isn't. It's, it, it's shame. Where I probably walk it? by other strangers and give them money. Yeah. Where it was yeah. my own brother. I wasn't where I had said to me friends a few times, look around there, give him a tenner for something and be my money. But I just wouldn't even want him to know that it was me. Yeah. I don't know why it's, I don't know why I was like that, but. I think I was afraid that he'd probably just go in and buy a drink out and you're like, oh my God, is he going to get a drink out of that? And you're you just want to be fed. Mm. You just, yeah, literally that's it. And as well, I think it was hard, like hostels for them. Mm. He was, he, when he was clean, like he was off to drink, let's say only two weeks. So that's a big thing for them. Two weeks and he's staying in the hostels and then there's people drinking around him and all. And then he's going out, hanging around with these people. I just have a bottle. There you go again. So in a way, like he did have the hostels to fall back on, but they didn't really help either. And that's what the guys, um, Brandon was saying from Dublin Homeless Awareness, that it's like an ever going loop, that they it just is. go on with homelessness and mm. going into a hostel and seeing what's going on and drinking to numb yourself or taking that smoke to just numb yourself. Yeah, yeah. and that's probably what you were doing. Like they were getting somewhere to stay, which was great, but then they have all these other addicts around them. We were very, very lucky that he didn't go down any other road. Like that, there was just alcohol involved in it, but he's been, you know when you're standing there, you're looking at like, are you really with him? Do you know, people that he's probably even been around, hanging around with, like, and I'm just like, oh God, like, how, how is this happening? Yeah. It is. It's just. But he's good now. He's good. He's really, mm. really good. And he's the gentlest, most gentlest soul. And he's so, so funny as well. It's probably where I get from. Mm. But <laughs> uh, he's only young as well. He's, so Yeah, 30, mm. 36 or 37. He's going to go mad if I get his age wrong. <laughs> and then take it back to growing up in the flats. So were you there when the flats came down? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Mm. See, mine, I actually come down my road where my flat is. I'm not far from where I actually live at the moment. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was so surreal, I have to say. I loved my flat. Mm. I absolutely loved the flat. I think it was the closeness of everybody. And we always, I hung around on the blocks, you know, I grew up on the blocks at the tower. It's where I literally grew up. So now I always think, where do the kids hang around nowadays? Because we always sat in the landings on the A floor and all. We were great with the neighbours. We were like, hey, we're just going to sit out here. And all. they were fine with us. Yeah. Once we were in bald, making bleeding a mess or whatever. But my ma always was like, once I know where you are, I don't mind. She knew I was grand and I was safe and it was growing up in the flat. So I don't think anyone would be it. Really? No, it was amazing. And you're moving into your, into your house then, couldn't believe, oh my God, we're getting a house. And then like, what, you had to pay for your bins and all? Ah, the shoes were grand. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. It was mental though. Like in the flats, constantly hot water, constantly mm. everything. And then to the house, it was such a big change. I remember as well, blinds. 
mm. getting blinds. You're like, oh my God, we're going to have blinds. It's just, it was crazy. But I do love my house. I'm, some of my neighbours are neighbours from the flats, which mm. is great as well. Mm. But mad, absolutely mad. Growing up in the flats, I don't think it was crazy. We used to literally go down to the shoots, get carpets out of the shoots and go down to bleeding rocks <gasps> and the playgrounds and all. Like it just don't see it anymore. Mm. You don't see all that kind of stuff anymore. Kids out playing like that. And we've spoke about this loads of times through all the different podcasts. Is that like, where are the kids today? What are yeah, they doing? What, like, exactly. Like, know? where do they hang around mm. now? Because we were always there, always in the fields, always in the flats and the blocks. Like, mm. don't see them. Where are they? And isn't it mad now that kids, people, like I had a conversation with my friend the other day and she talked about how young flat and he's eight, I think. And she was like, just rad from not being out. Yeah. Because of what but they yeah. can get into. Now in saying that as well, like if we, I ever, I didn't, didn't drink much growing mm. up, but my ma would always say, if you and your friends want to have a drink, have a drink in the house. Mm. And she still, she'd still be like that now because she knows where I am, what I'm doing, who I'm with. And we're all going to do it when we're teenagers. Yeah, so my ma would say, look, if I do under my roof, I know where we are. And that was fine. So she always knew what I was doing and where I was. And I, do you know what? I have a friend that she's lived in Ballymun and, uh, I'd be terrified. Sarah, I'd be honest, I'd be terrified going up to her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just felt this like towering block in front of me. And then there was always gangs. There was always gangs. I was probably one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I probably was. Yeah. And I used to be terrified. And then I was like, she'd be like, you'd be grand. Like, never. like if anyone ever asked you, just tell me you're coming to me. Like, you know what I mean? And so I used to hang around there. But um, then Paul and I used to uh, mind one of the flats of one of the girls. She used to go away. But the thing was the heat. The heat, yeah, man, you put your clothes on the floor and they'd be drying five minutes. Like, no lie, honest to God. And now me rads and me bleeding house barely walk. Do you know what I mean? I always get in the car, but will you fix them? Yeah. Central heating was no joke, I'm telling you. And Kavir, what was it like for your ma then when the flats came down and she was being told, like, did it meet resistance from the community that they were being told you were getting houses already delighted? No, I think everyone was delighted in a way, mm. but I don't think everyone really expected all the flats to go. And I, I don't think they should have went, to be honest, because now again, like homelessness, stuff like that, but... I don't know whether it was like a strain on the on the council or something to keep mm. the flat where you were getting your water, your heating, everything bins paid for for free. We're getting yeah. everything for free. So I do. She always says that she misses the flat, but she loves the house. She does love the house. I think it's more the space, the room and I don't know, all the different landings and stuff. You're always obviously in the flat. It was yeah. like one lane way, but I do kind of miss the sitting on the flats, like sitting on the blocks in the summer and all, all the neighbours used to come together. It's not really as close, tight. Community. Na- yeah, mm. that's how I feel about it mm. now, really. But they, she loves her house, loves it. She's very house proud. Is she? Loves the house, sure. She'll be sweeping the garden and all. She's going to kill me for saying that. I'm not messing. <laughs> she does. She doesn't stop. What does your ma do now? She works in the job centre in Bally she? Yeah, she mm. actually does. She is amazing. She's so good. She always tries to help everybody. Really? Always, yeah. She's brilliant. And then tell me then, you you live with your sister? Yeah. Right. And how is that relationship? Me and my sister are like best friends, but we fight like cat and dog as well. But we get each other. We actually really, really get each other. So she's like, for me, Matt, to be honest with you, have got me through some of my darkest times in life. And I feel like they're my best friends in a way. So my mom is my mom, but she's more like a sister to me. And sometimes I feel like my sister's like my mom as well. She's like, actually, before I came down here, she's cleaning under the stairs and we've literally only got the sitting room repainted and all. Mm. There she is in there, putting the couch back together. And she's, she's a very, very strong head on her shoulders. And I wish, I don't think she realises that. She's very, very um, strong-minded. Be lost without her. I really would. I would. I know I would. And then your friends, do you still have the friends that you had when you were a kid? Yeah, some of them actually were still really good friends with and... 
then more friends when I was a teenager as well. Actually, mm. one of my friends, Nadia, actually, she has been my longest friend ever. I know her from the flats. So we are friends like how many years? Probably 25 years. She's mental. Yeah. It's great to have that. It is. It's so good. And my friends I'm really close with now, I've been friends with since I'm about 14. So we're really, really close knit. I like my family. No, you And I don't think, them. yeah, I don't think as well I could have got through the whole Corona or anything without them. I really, like, we are literally like a family. They're my best friends in the world. <laughs> and then tell me, Sarah, you said there about dark days. So mm. what would dark days have been for you? So it's right. So we'll probably start off with, I lost my dad as well when I was young. Um, I think I was about six or seven. He was, more, he was actually murdered by his best friend. And I didn't know his side of the family around. Didn't really know much about my father. I knew he was my dad and stuff like that, but I didn't really know much about his family. And so obviously then after he passed, I wanted to get to know his family. And I did reach out to him. I was only young and I reached out to him. I probably reached out to him when I was a teen. Did you realise that he was like, so from you being one to six, like, was he in your life? He was and he wasn't really. Like I did ask me, mum. my mum said he was a bit of a drinker. So my mum tried to keep him at arm's length a bit in a way mm. where I probably like, I knew of him, but I don't think I, I didn't know he was me dad in a mm. way, but my mum was trying to protect me as a kid. So let's say it was, he actually passed away May the 27th it was. So he was, I think we were supposed to meet properly. Like I knew of him and stuff. Now my mum was probably, he was stopped drinking. I think he was drink free like over a month or something like that. And he was like, look, I want to be in our life and this and that. And so we had a plan to meet up and then he was obviously murdered like a week before. And then my mum had to sit me down. And tell me this big story. So like that was, that was hard. I was only young. His best friend murdered him. Yeah, they were fighting and sliced his throat. And he just died. It's actually in a house in Fingless. But so that was that. And then obviously when I was about 14 or 14, teenager years, you want to get to know the family. So did you, so you're so flippant to it. That was that. Like, <laughs> I know. Really, and that was that. Like, yeah, it's oh. like how you do it. I know. I, I get it. I, I get think it. it is how I do yeah, it. But so you at six and six, like Ari at six, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So you do kind of that. Um, and then did you like, when you start getting older and talking up, were you having conversations with your mom? Were you like yeah. 10 going, nine and 10 going, mom, tell me about my dad. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mm. My mom always says to me that oh, she's like, you're the image of him. And this is probably going to sound funny, but he has a very, very thick moustache. Right. And I fucking have a moustache. I'm not. And that's what I said to me, Matt. That's where I get my moustache from. It has to be from him. So I am a daughter. So no one can say that I'm not because this thing is no joke. <laughs> it's no joke. But yeah, we did. We spoke about him quite a lot. And then my mom had a little book. She handed to me when, when we actually spoke about my father. But obviously when I was 13 or 14, then you start to get a bit older, more where you want to know more things. And I reached out to the family, which was, my mom was like, well, Sarah, are you sure you want to do it? And I was like, of oh, course, yeah. No, like, no, I've nothing to lose in a way. So met up with them and they actually showed me his resting place. I never knew where his grave was or anything like that. Now it's literally just his ashes scattered over his like great granddad's grave or something like that. So one thing that I can take from all this is that I have that place to go to and kind of just let it all out. But I never heard from them again. Never. So that was like, I met up with them, sent them a few letters. And then I just, nothing, absolutely nothing. Still to this day, I won't go out of my way either though to probably try it. And the one thing that I do take is that I do have his resting place, but I went up, my mom bought me a big plaque and it was taken off the grave. So that was hard. I think 
13, 14, after all that happening, I would, I just got angry at the world and I don't know why. And then I got into a relationship. I was seeing someone for a little while and obviously still very, very young. I think we were seeing each other for two or three years and then we broke up. But I had young again. I had cheated on him like in the first three or four months that we were together. But then our relationship lasted for three years and I just never brought it up. And he obviously found out I'm not messing like I changed. I went mental. I was so angry. I didn't want to go to school. I stopped doing everything. I was, wasn't, I was punching walls and like, I, I can't even explain how angry I was. I just wanted to stay in bed. I wanted to cry. I didn't know why he didn't want to be. He was like, you lied to me. But I was like, it was so long ago. I couldn't understand it. Honestly, when I spoke to you, Matt, about it, I told you I was going to have a chat with my mm. mom for the podcast. I feel like I was just, I felt like everyone I loved left or everyone that I tried to love, I'd left. And I was so young kind of going through all that. And it was just, it's not that I didn't want to be here, but in a way, like I, I didn't want to go out. I wasn't going out with my friends. I wasn't doing, I absolutely wasn't doing anything. Like I told you, I was kicked out of anger management. How on earth can you be kicked out of anger management? Like that's how angry I was. Like I started a fight in anger management and I've always been one of these people. They wanted to chat about me after. And I was like, no, it's grand. I'll just leave. I was in new each at the time and they were like, no, Sarah, we need to talk about this. Why? No, no, it's grand. I'll just leave. And I never went back. So it, it was like, I used to just cut everything off. If it made me angry, I'd be angry about it, but I didn't want to talk about why I was angry. So I remember coming home to school one day, actually in the horrors, didn't even want to be in school. My mom bleeding, driving me to school. She's like, we're going to the doctors. What do you mean we're going to the doctors? We are going to the doctors. And I was like, I don't need to go to the doctors. <laughs> what are we going to the doctors for? She wouldn't talk. She like, she was just give me silent treatment. So I went to the doctor's den and we sat down. They were like, how can we do with you today? And Matt just started crying. And looking at her, I'm like, what's wrong? I was like, Matt, are you okay? I thought it was something to do with me, Matt. Mm. And the doctor was like, no, Sarah, this is about you. And I was like, what's about, about me? Me, Matt, I don't know who she is. She was like, I do not know who that child is. Like, she's been through so much. Obviously, you have to be out here about me dad and then the relationship and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, is this really happened? So we sat and we chatted about it and kind of told her how I was feeling, obviously, about the family and all that kind of stuff. And that's when I went to see the therapist. I went to the therapist about, I think it was six times. And literally, like, they actually told me to send a message, like kind of an apology message to myself. So I had to just sit and think about all the times why I was angry and which is weird. Like I, I didn't really feel like I needed to apologize to myself, but I, I needed to apologize to myself to accept me anger in a way. Does that make sense? Mm. So that literally, if my mom didn't bring me to the therapist, I don't know where I would be right now. And that's, that's honestly how I feel about it. I feel like everyone needs to go to a therapist once in their life. I really, really do. Was your mom afraid of you? Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, I was so angry. I was just, no, it's not like slamming doors. I was never physical to me, mom. Like, I was never physical to really anybody. Probably pushed me sister here and there, get out of my way and stuff like that. But I was, mm, I was angry. And like, my relationship at the end of it made me a very angry person. You could ask anyone in Ballymun, you'd probably see me running up, up the road and me shoes in my hand screaming, ah, like a mad woman. I was kind of, I was so, I was so much anger inside me. And then, kind of, in a way, that led into Ballymun Hunt. I had kind of put me, what do they say? Like you hide your feelings with humour in a way. And that's what I was doing. And it used to make people laugh, but I'd say things like, which would haunt me, but I'd make it funny. And people would be like, oh my God, right. Maybe you need to write this stuff down. Like that's, that's comedy gold. 
And that's where as well, in a way that Pally Munhun came from, it kind of stemmed from me trying to deal with me anger, things that were annoying me. And, and when the therapist told you to apologize to yourself, yeah. for ang- to be angry, for, what, what did you like, what did you put down on that? It was like, I had to realize that I was allowed to be angry, but there's ways to project your anger. Like you have to, it took me a long time, right. To kind of get between really angry, like wanting to really like probably punch someone to get into the part where it's okay. Where then still probably now to this day when I'm angry, I cry because I don't know how to deal with it. I'm like, ah, and I just cry. So I think kind of writing it all down is like, look, you're allowed to be angry, but you're going to have to change how you betray your anger in a way as well. So I just wrote down, like, I was sorry for being angry. I was sorry for like, I don't like, it's, I don't want to say like I'm sorry for reaching out to my dad's family in a way. Like, cause I feel like that, that was really a big thing for me. Like a, for me reaching out at that age and I'm not getting back to me. I was angry at that, but I was angry at them, not at myself. So when I spoke to my therapist about that, they were like, right, well, that's not something that you need to apologize to you for. You just need to apologize. Like, let's say me running up the road, screaming and getting kicked out of anger management, stuff like that. Like, it's not stuff that I wanted where I was in a course in anger management. I was doing a beauty course and they had like other little things at the side and we went to anger management and stuff. But I stopped even doing the beauty course because of my anger. So I just kind of had to apologize for kind of them sort of things in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, it does that because you could have went on and did something really well in that field. And my anger literally stopped, stopped me from, you doing, from doing that. Yeah, like because I was actually in the, people ask me about the story all the time. I was in the anger management with, with my ex-boyfriend at the time and we were just kind of bickering and I just went mental. Like I actually threw a table and all. I was like, nah, like a mad woman. And I, I tried to climb out the window and all. They were like, Sarah, please. I was like, no, nope, I don't want to talk about it. Go and talk about it. That's where I had to learn as well. Like you need to talk about things. You can't just say I'm grand and leave it. Where I'm, I'm a little bit of a bitch for that. You just say, that's when you just did it earlier on. See? And that's yeah. that. Mm, that's <laughs> See, that, there like, you go. Mm, mm. It is. It's crazy where I do like to speak about it, but there's a part where I probably feel upset. I mean, I'm like, oh no, it's grand now. Listen, let's move on. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. And do you, do you have regrets reaching out to his family? No, I think I would have regretted him more if I didn't. And I wonder. Mm. So no, not in a way. And they gave me his resting place in a way. Like I don't, now after the plaque and stuff was taken off the grave, I don't even like looking at it. And that's the God's honest truth. So I just walk. It's actually in a lovely graveyard in the hut. So I just walk in and past the grave. I'd probably tip it, bless myself, look over and you can see down, then you're onto the pier. Mm. See how all into the boats and all. I feel like, even if I step, see if my foot is inside the hut. If I see the hut sign and put my foot in it, I feel like I'm near him. I mm. feel like I'm just there and, I'm paying me respects in a way. I love hotel and it, it just holds that little feeling for me. So no, I don't regret reaching out to them. I just. Reg- What's his parents alive? His, I think his mother was at the time. His mother. Yeah. I think that's who I rang actually the first time was his man. And then I got in contact with his two sisters. Just never heard from him again. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like I just, I don't understand it at all. No. Like, you know. I was so young. I was yeah. so young. And I remember when we met him, it was my birthday. My mum was like, don't tell him it's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's probably why I didn't hear back from him. Yeah. I was bleeding looking for presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mum, never forgot. Don't tell him it's your birthday. Don't yeah. tell him it's your birthday. It's my birthday. Oh, yeah. I, I had would. to. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. a kid. Like, it's my birthday. You money money there under the table. <laughs> no, Did stop. your mum have a relationship with him while she no. was going out with him? Mm, no, I actually don't know. 
I'm not too sure actually. I don't really think so. So I don't really think they went out that like that much. They probably seen each other a few mm. times and that was it. I don't think it was anything really serious at the time, mm. but my mum obviously had me and they did stay friends and so he was actually very good friends with my granddad as well at the time. It's mad. My granddad used to always talk about him. And mm. like me as well, I'm always singing. Like I remember one day I was in the kitchen singing the song, my mum goes, Where did you hear that song? It was actually um what's the name of the song? Oh, I can't think of the name. Anyways, whatever song it was, I was singing it and my mom was like, Sarah, that was your dad's favourite song. And I was like, stop. Wait. So two of us loved to sing as well. Did you ever go to a medium? I did once actually. And it was, it was weird. He wrote everything down. I still have it. I was, I, was, I think I was about 15, 16 when I went. I remember walking out to my friends like, oh, and I just sobbed. I sobbed after it. I would like to go to another one again though. Just, just to kind of see would anything new come back. And did you have any of the like paper clippings from what happened to your dad? Yeah, I actually still have them now. And I have, I don't have much, many pictures of him or anything like that, but one of my dad's best friends gave me, which he was my godfather, he gave me a big photo album. And it's just loads of different photos of me there and all. And so I have them and I have another big picture and I have a few of the neighbour, or the clippings of the paper as well. But I actually have the one about the house mortar. I have that clipped out, yeah. Do you look at it? No, no. I remember actually Google it about a year ago in work and I was like, oh my God, I can't read this. I was actually looking for the paper though mm. of the day he died because I, I heard it was like front page news. But I can't find it. I don't know how I'd go about that. I think I Googled it a few times. I didn't Google it too much, but there is the, a way. The Herald Records still give it to you. Would they? There mm. we go. Yeah, can't yeah. the Herald Records. Yeah, still have a nose of that. And why did you Google it a year ago? Why did you just... I don't know. I really... Sometimes I, I get little waves of like... I don't even know how to put it. Waves look it up in a way. I don't know. Curiosity. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just what? It is strange. It's strange. I actually met the person who killed him as well. I know that's weird. Did you? Yeah. He was at my godfather's funeral. How did that? Tell me about that one. So we went obviously and I remember my ma telling me like that, that's him. And I was like, oh my God, ma, like what do I do here? Like how, 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 did, how does anyone deal with that in a way? But Actually, at this time, I had no pictures of my father and he gave me one. I do have it. It's actually up in the attic. I took the frame out because I was like, I don't, want that. I don't want that frame. I don't want that. And, but it was kind of sentimental to me in a way that they were. I don't really know much of what happened to them. I do know that they were best friends though. And I, I maybe it was an accident. I really don't know. But he did. He, he got seven years for it. And he, he got out then and then I met him. And What did he say to you? Did you introduce yourself? He came up to me. He was just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I think he'd asked me ma beforehand and he, me ma was like, hey, and ma goes, that's, that's Sarah. And I just look, kind of looked at him and he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so, so sorry. And he started crying in a way. And I was just like, God, I think I was only, I think it was 12, 12 or 13. That was before I met his family. Would have been seven. Yeah, because he got seven years. Yeah, so it was about six when he died and seven. Yeah. Yeah, that was so surreal. I have to say now in a way, like. Yeah. At 12, I wouldn't even... 14. Yeah, no, I don't know how you deal mm. with that as a 12. No wonder you were angry, Sarah. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know. Do I you? was. I did. I held a lot of anger in me and I I hate when I even feel myself being angry now. So I'm like, oh, you can't be that person anymore. Like, who gets kicked out of anger management? <laughs> like, come on. I was only I young, but like, I was 19 actually when I got kicked out. I wasn't that young. It wasn't that long. Well, <laughs> you know what? You've dealt with, like... 
the loss of your dad and then one of the biggest rejections you can ever face yeah, in yeah. your life. Yeah. Uh, a girl who is probably, you know, going through puberty, going through yeah. all that, a hormonal teenager and going through all that, like how you didn't end up any other way. Yeah, I know. But that's what my mom always says to me. I'm so grateful. Like, I told you I grew up on the flats. There's some of my friends now that I see walking down the road like zombies. Mm-hmm. And my mom would say to me like, how are you with you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. She's like, I have, I think I'm pretty strong. I do think I'm strong. Mm. (laughs) So it's mad. It is like seeing your friends like that. that I grew up with in a way when I was probably most vulnerable. And they are like addicts at the moment. So you at that moment in time growing up must have had some support yeah. In terms of your mom, your grand, you know, all of that. Yeah, my family. Yeah. Me, me cousin Kelly actually. Um she we were best friends growing up. Like we were the best of friends. And she was actually there with me through all that stage about my father and stuff like that. So we I think having her as well, she was a bit she was like two years older than me mm. in a way. So she was always there to guide me where she never like and I'm saying that actually, she would drink where I, I used to be afraid to drink. So my mom would love a couple of drinks, mm. but my cousin Kelly, her mom wouldn't really. Mm. And we always say that I'm Michelle's daughter and she's my ma's <laughs> daughter. So Kelly be a bit more wild than what I be. But mm-hmm. then again, she's, Kelly has three kids now. She's settled down. Um, and I be a bit more wilder now in a way, mm-hmm. like, but it is, yeah. And then you said then that that's where Ballymun Horn came from. Yeah. And you said there, which I just want to pick up, but you said like you'd make jokes about yourself. Oh, what? Yeah. Like what jokes do you make about yourself? I remember probably one of the first... <laughs> jokes I made and everyone used like there's actually something wrong with you Sarah so I was going out and this is actually what started my weight loss journey in a way as well I was going out one night we were going to see Baker Ma and I put on a dress and I said to me Mary take a nice picture of me <laughs> standing there mm. Christmas tree behind me takes the photo you fucking couldn't see the Christmas tree I covered it I actually covered the fucking tree <laughs> I'm not messing and I actually like I was I wanted to cry. I really did. I was like, I can't go out looking like this. I feel horrible. I wanted a good night out. I needed a good night out with mm. my friends. <laughs> so with that then, I uploaded it and I was like, Jesus Christ, a night out tonight. I'm covering the tree. That's all them, um, all them curries. I'm going to be the Christmas turkey this year. And I used to kind of slag myself before anyone else would. Right. That's so, kind of in a way, like that's how yeah, I sure. think I deal with it. Yeah. You're insecure. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're too funny and all, you mad bitch. And no one ever said, like, I don't think in one comment on it, like, you look gorgeous. Everyone's like, ha ha ha, because I knew everyone agreed with me. Someone was going to say it. You're fucking size, or you can't even see the Christmas tree. Someone was going to say it. I know. So I was like, no, I may as well say it first. And I think that's what has helped me a lot. <laughs> so you were saying those things because you were afraid people were going to say them yeah. about you. So you were saying them first. So if I say them first, then I can make a bit of a laugh out of it. It's like everyone's like, ha ha, yeah, it's true. She's funny. In a way, you think of it like that. And you set up, we were talking um, earlier on off mic, that of course was Facebook, was it? Yeah, I actually started off with a Facebook page. So like there'll be just things that I'd probably say and people like, you need to write that down. Like you really need to write that down, Siri, I'm not normal. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, I will, I will. But then I was like, how would you even go about doing that? Mm. Don't say you should start a Facebook page and just, I was a slagging little bitch. I was, I just was, I used to slag everybody. And I know that's, that's terrible to say, but in a good way, like, not people that I know or anything like that. I started off with that then. I just, I remember I was in work one day and they were like, you need to, it was my friend Thomas. He's like, Sarah, every, everything I kind of say to him, he's like, you are not well in the head. Like you need to write this stuff down. 
So I just made up the page, but I didn't put my face to it for like a week or two. And I was like, no, do you know what? People need to know that this is me. As well, I used to put up things on my own personal Facebook page. And I remember like one of my family members, like on my granddad's side, was like to me, man, like the, the thing she writes up, it's vulgar and no, like moaning at it. And I was like to me, man, how am I going to get around this? Mm-hmm. Bally Mon Hun started then. So I was like, right. And do you know what? Actually, fun fact, I actually hate the word hun. Do you? I hate the word hun, but I rhymed. So I was like, now there we go, Bally Mon Hun. <laughs> so I've made that and Facebook just exploded because I used to always talk about like, fuck boys and all now obviously like when you're on the dating apps and stuff like that and like people don't text you back and everyone loved it it was more just a bit of a laugh it was it was a laugh and then obviously me facebook got taken down and then terrified going to instagram oh it was just full of everybody like so beautiful and what what's it 365 apps and all like all mm-hmm. using them apps and i was like oh my god no if i go on my stories to be screenshot me i was terrified literally terrified i think my first story on instagram was me speaking about my Facebook page been taken down and that was going to try and start with Instagram but I just hated going on hate going on to the stories because I felt like I didn't fit the image for Instagram and it's sad to think that mm. someone even thinks like that you don't fit this image for Instagram perfectly polished and I just had enough one day it was my skin as well I literally my skin was in bits and I was constantly covering it with makeup and I was in work and I remember washing my face and walking and I said to myself how am I going to leave this bathroom now with me big spotty face, me makeup all still kind of caked in, couldn't wash it properly or more, r- r- rubbing the tissue on my face, little bits of tissue getting stuck and all. And I walked down and I was like, no, like I feel like I, this, how I'm feeling now, not wanting to leave the bathroom and walk. Like I don't want to go onto Instagram when I've no makeup on and all. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I went up and I'm not messing with you. When I say my Instagram blew up from that, it blew up. Everyone like, thank God someone's coming on. And what did you do? I went on to my story. And what did you say? I was like, oh, so here I am, I'm walking. If I go through my archives, babe, find it. But I'm like, you can see it in my face. I was like, I can't, I feel like I can't do this anymore. And I says, I'm in work. I'm going to wash my face, my skin. I says, I'm constantly trying to cover up the spots on my skin. I says, I'm about to be in the bathroom crying and walk. I was like, I can't get anything to fix my skin. I was like, I don't want to come on Instagram when I've no makeup on because of it. I was like, but I feel like I, I was, I just, I need it to change. I was like, I don't want to not leave my bathroom and walk with no makeup on and feel sad about it. I don't want to have to put loads of makeup on to come on to Instagram. I was like, because so there's not people like that. Like nobody is like that really when you actually think about it, unless you're bleeding glam team or something like that. But I just, I feel like I just needed to stop the stereotypes. I literally came on with no makeup and me spots and all, my most vulnerable sides and spoke about it and my page blew up like thousands thousands I think when I started off at that stage it was 4,000 and now I'm at 18 so it's gone up 14,000 in a year and a bit oh my god that's it literally blew up like it blew up I can't from what just coming on normal speaking about my skin and how I was feeling do you think that before that Instagram is quite fake yeah it is and that's why like I do have on my tagline a normal girl in a filtered world that's what I want I'm I can't come on and be this glam person because it's not me I never was like that and insta horns you always hear like of the insta horns and mm. I was just like no it needs to stop like there's people like me out there that need to just be able to want to come on and be themselves and not have highlighter up to their eyeballs all the time where are your followers how old are your followers I think in and around now and the stats it's like 
teenage to 45 mostly. And I think it's 91% women at the moment now. But it's mostly like 21 year olds too, which I think is great because when I was 21, I probably would have fell into the same trap, wanting to go on full of makeup and looking the best and all. Like, you see why do we put nobody would get in bed and my eyes still crusty and all like because that's reality that's what people want to well I hope what people want to say and just a bit normal instead of all like buy this buy that but now I know as well with a big following you get a lot of opportunities and stuff and you can see if you go back to one of my first posts it actually probably says hashtag send me free stuff now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you know in a way because I was like I feel like we need a little normal blogger and it's not I didn't set out on Instagram to make money it's not something that I want to do and I was probably thinking about going with an agency but then I'm like I don't want to just sell something to make money it's mm. not I don't want to be on Instagram just to make money I want to be on Instagram to be a normal person and if someone wants to send me something that I like I will take it and I'll come on and I'll chat about it Be forced ever I don't know if you've ever seen me forced ever um, it was like a tutorial of me washing my face the fucking ice cream man and all started coming up outside and everyone was like see this is what we want a real yeah. life tutorial not mm. edited clipped out tutorial like me ma coming in I'm like ma I'm trying to be even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A blogger, I'm washing my face. I was like, oh yeah, fuck off. I'm not screaming at each other in the house. But everyone loved it. The realness of it, not the clip and edit side of Instagram. Everyone loves the realness. And it's weird to think that. Everyone does. I still can't get my head around how big the page is. I can't. We're a nation of begrudges. Yeah, we are. We really are. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find that bit? A little bit in a way, like you'd probably see me putting up something and then someone else would put up something, but they'd share somebody else probably who was a bit more glam and not 
yeah, you do. You see, you do see a bit of it. I have to say now, it's when you see strangers supporting you more than your own friends in a way. Like it's it's a bit mad. But now I have to say though, I have to, my my friends are literally my number one supporters. I'm my friend actually texts me one of my friends every single day if I'm gone up like point one. Actually, have a message over having opened yet. Point four. I'm going to kill you because I'm at eighteen point four. Mm. She texts me every day. What's on now? Not way if you click into our followers, you can actually see like one eighteen one nine two. Yeah. What's on? Are you needed? Are you needed to? Like they mm. are literally my biggest supporters, and they share everything I put up. They like everything I put up, and even when you get them pages, who's to follow and all. My friends would put my name in there, like just for mm. a bit of support. Yeah, like yeah. I popped your name in there. How many followers did you get today? And all mm. like they're always texting me, asking me about it. So they're really, really good. And like the likes of some of the shops and all around Ballymun are have been so good. Like the pharmacy, pharmacy and Poppentry, mm-hmm. Super Value and stuff like that. They've always got in contact with me and wanted to probably like Super Value actually sent me a voucher. I was delighted with myself. I'm always in Super Value. And if there's ever deals, I'd want to help them in a way. So I think. I, I'm not really a begrudger. I would, I would share whatever you want me to share. Like I really, really would. If you, you want to raise awareness on anything, I'd do it. But a lot of people are. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that the locals are like, oh, uh, local girl done good? I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to mm. think that. Yeah, I really would. And that's like, I think Ballymun does have a bit of a bad name behind it and stuff like that. So we just wanted to show like that there's normal people like me living there and I can do what somebody else can do, like let's say in Ashbourne or whatever. Like these, is Ashbourne even posh? Why did I say Ashbourne? <laughs> it's posh and Ballymun. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it's posh in a way. Like yeah, yeah. that they can do, it, I can do it, but I probably do a bit more comedy, and mm. it's not going to be edited and stuff like that. What you see is what you get, really, in a way. And there was a point in, on your Instagram that you were really upset because of all this tattle yeah. lives and oh. stuff that was being said. So do you want to talk about what was being said and how you deal with it or do you want to just talk about how you deal with it? No, well, literally, I came onto Instagram last year and spoke about my teeth, my bottom teeth. got very, very gappy. A few years ago, I had to go and get a tooth taken out. When I was actually a child, my lungs collapsed as a kid. So I was really, really sick and they liked me, my look, she's going to end up with her teeth going to be really, really black and bad or else she's going to not have teeth at all, really. No, they thought like they have like sugar teeth. Yeah. So I'm very, very lucky in a way to think that all that's really wrong is my bottom teeth. Like they are a bit thin and gappy, but they're more gappy now because of the tooth taken out. Mm. So I did come onto Instagram and I spoke about that. I was like, I hate my bottom teeth and all. And I was going to the dentist and we were going to speak about braces and stuff like that. Then obviously with COVID hit and I was supposed to go and get an appointment and the dentist closed and all this sort of stuff. So then when I went, I don't know what made me even go on to tell. I went on and it was like, her teeth freak me out. Oh my God, like how common is she? Imagine dancing around your kitchen because you got a free breakfast. Well, hello, like I would dance around the kitchen for a free coffee. It's, do you know what I mean? I can, mm-hmm. why do people, what? Like I got a free breakfast. Why is that bother you? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not messing with you. If I get a free roll off somebody and I put it up and I'm like, these are to give me a free roll. Rolls massive. They text me and say, Sarah, you do not not believe how much you've helped me. Like, they probably get five or ten sales over, let's say, but they know that the review is honest. They know this, they know that. Like, why is it such a big deal that I'm getting a free breakfast roll and raising awareness for a local shop or a new business? Or like, I didn't understand it. So it just, I haven't read anymore and I don't think I can read anymore because it genuinely like really upset me and I didn't understand. I was thinking to myself, why is it upset me? I don't know these people. It did take me a few hours, a few, not, probably a few days to even. No, it was a few days because I actually came onto Instagram and I was like, something's been annoying me the past few days. 
I didn't want to speak about it. I didn't want to bring it up. But then I was like, I feel like a lot of people don't bring it up. They don't bring up the bad side of it. And it's hard to read stuff about yourself online. It's like, oh my God, it is. It's, it's hard. I, w- I wouldn't really wish it on anybody. I wouldn't. And how, no. did, how did you deal with it? Like, what? I, I don't, I just, I didn't go on to Instagram for a day or two. I kind of, I told my sister about it and she was like, Sarah, they don't know you. And I was like, I know. I had to kind of step back and say like, that was probably two or three nasty messages. I get hundreds of DMs a day telling me how much I probably like to uplift people and what I'm doing is good. And like, oh my God, I can't believe you came on like that, you gas bitch and things like that. Like, and them two or three little messages, like they really, it is crazy to think that they would weigh heavy on your heart more than the good messages. But you just need to, they don't, I, literally they don't know me. They don't know who I am. They want to slag me teeth and that's the only thing they can kind of slag me about. They can't slag me personality or me as a person because they don't know me. Yeah. You just have to look at it like that really. It's hard though. Yeah, because you see other bloggers and some of the stuff like, and I said this last week, Nicole as well, is that we're seeing so many people drop off because of... Because of it. And they're just, they just don't want to deal with it. And it's, it's so hard. Like, I wanted to do it. I wanted to just stop. And I was like, no, I'm not letting them win. You can't let them win. You just can't. You do it for a reason. You do it to raise a bit of awareness. Like, let's say me coming on with no makeup on and stuff like that and making other people feel a bit normal. And what, because I got a free breakfast, there's something wrong with me? Like, no, there's something actually wrong with you for writing that comment. That's will see you later. Okay. And... Because of your realness, is it easy for you to keep going with your content or? Yeah, I think so in a way. Like, I don't feel like I ever have to. I don't. When I see people putting up like content days, I'd be like, oh my God, should I be doing more? But I'm like, no, it's not. That's not what my page is. I literally put up a funny quote, something that I'm thinking of. I'd put up. And then if I was to get on new, I actually did put up a while ago, like, do you want me to start showing more of what I'm buying and stuff like that? And it was half and half yes and no, because that's not what my page is in a way either. Mm. So when I do see people putting up like content days now, I'm like, oh God, like, should I do more? But I'm happy with how I actually, how I go on. But I find as well, a lot of the times when I'm online, let's say I'm in work and I'm chatting and then I go home and I just cut off and I'm like, oh geez, I know it. I always cut off. I really do do that. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. In what way do you cut off? I just... I don't come back on. Mm. I feel like, like, if you're scrolling through someone's page, someone's Instagram page, and they're like, you're following that day, you'd be like, oh, what are they doing now? It is weird to think, because I'd be like that. Like, I absolutely adore Stacey Solomon's Instagram. I love her. And when she just goes, I'm like, oh, what's she doing now? Right. It's so weird now. People probably don't think like that about me. Mm. But when I come home, I do feel like the next day, I'm like, oh, sorry, I never came back on last night. I kind of do just cut off. But because I don't know. Maybe thinking like, do people actually want to see me making me dinner? Do they want to see this and that and that? Like, and it can get a bit boring. So mm. sometimes I show what I'm cooking. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes I do cut off, but it's weird. It's just, it is a weird thing. Instagram. Do you get recognised when you're out and about? Yeah, I was actually in Penny State a good while ago. And I was talking to my man. Someone goes, I know that face. Oh my God, you're Bally 100. And my man was like that. <laughs> my man's been noticed as well you're Bally One Hun's ma oh my and God. where else was I I was outside one of the jewellers in the Omni and I, this woman came up to me she's like I have to say hey and all or whatever I think my ma was in the butcher my ma came out then my ma got talking to this woman and all and we walked off my ma goes who's that and I goes I don't know she goes what do you mean you don't know you've been telling me a life story he goes ma it's a Bally One Hun fan she's like Sarah did you not know that woman I was like no I had no clue who she was so it is weird being recognised in her room and I think earlier on I was telling you when I'm even in my friend's car or anything like that, people would be staring at me and I would be one to say like, what the body fucking looking at? You were saying as well that we were in town and you were noticed. 
It's weird. Yeah, it is. Like I was walking with my friends just before Christmas and there was a group of girls sitting on one of the steps. No, down by where Alfie's and all this. But we were walking and one of my friends was a bit ahead of me and I was just chatting to one of my other friends. And, I, and when you can feel someone looking at you as well, mm. and we kind of walked by and my friend was like, Sarah, what's wrong? They are at Leo. I'm like, oh my God, look where it is, the Ballymoon Hun and all. And it's just little me walking down the road and people are getting excited. And I'm just really like, oh God, it's, it is weird. It is weird. But then again, you have to be careful. What might be running down the road, bleeding, <laughs> drinking or shouting or doing that? And like, to be like, oh God, do they know me? It is a bit strange. Even when I get on the bus sometimes, the bus man and all, I know you. I was like, no, you don't, please. <laughs> I can't. I do be a bit scarlet. It is strange. It's so surreal in a way. And then um, you're saying the support that you have, like, do, do you have people reaching out asking you? how you grow your page, how you did all that or? No, I actually really don't. No, I think, no, I know I did, got a message off someone a while ago, kind of just like, if I do this and that, you think this will help? And I'm, I I can't give anyone any ideas because I don't know how mine blew up so much. Mm. I, hands on my heart, do not know how. Just went mental after my skin. And then I done a few questions about crazy exes. Like what was the most craziest thing you done? And mm. like that literally blew me page up as well. So it's just, it just happens. Like we were saying earlier on, sometimes you just get lucky. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do get yeah. lucky. And then let, let's talk about your skin for a minute, because oh, I yeah. know there's so many people out there um, with that. So what was the problem initially? And then how does that manifest itself in your mind and everything? Oh, I just... I thought it was all hormonal. So I thought it was obviously when it was my time of the month and stuff that my skin was just getting really, really bad. But it wasn't low. I'd obviously get spots around that time. It was mostly around my mouth and my cheeks. My forehead was always so clear, but they were like pulsating spots. Like I couldn't. Do you know, like when you had that, I was going on holidays and all a lot at this time with my friends and my face was always spotty and always noticed it getting off the plane as well, how bad it always was. And I was constantly covering with makeup and stuff and, I remember coming home and walking and I was like to me, Mike, now I was in work one of the times and one of the lads, I came in with no makeup on, one of the lads goes, Jesus, Saz, he was calling me, says, look like the rats have been at you. And I goes, what? He goes, your face, what's that happening to you? And I was like, oh no, I just have no makeup on and all. Oh, I was like, my skin's in bits. And I went outside and I rang me ma. I was like, ma, I need, I need to, we need to start to sew. So she rang the doctor. I went to the doctor about my skin and they subscribed me tablets. Tablets were brilliant. I absolutely love them. My skin's cleared in about a month. But went after, I think it was three months on them, went back to get them again. And they were like, sorry, they don't sell them anymore. Here's a different one. And I started getting hairs on my neck, on my chin and all. I was like, to me, and they were like horse tablets. I was like, I can't, I would actually rather be spotty than hairy. <laughs> so I stopped taking them tablets then mm. and my skin just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Come here, let me ask you, why do people think that they can say stuff like that? They look like they're rats have been at you. I was just like, what? I know, I know. And even as well, I'd ever see like, Jesus, you look wrecked. It's like, I fucking am wrecked. And you don't need you to tell me that I'm yeah, tired. Yeah. In a way, no, I know. And I did know. you say that to him? No, but now in saying that, it's, it's a common running joke between the two of us. I always say, you look like they're rats have been at you. And he, <laughs> he does laugh about it, but he just be like, oh Jesus, here. We're like, I'm sorry, because I came in the next, I think I'd put up that day and I went to the doctors and all. Yeah. And when I went to work the next day, he was like, I didn't mean that. I was like, no, I know. I was like, but if he probably hadn't said that to me, I probably wouldn't have even went to the doctors mm. about it. But it, there again, you just said like that you, you made a joke of it yeah. every day and you still do. I still do. Because you don't want him to make the joke. So probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
I probably got it from that as well. Like he slagged me spots for swear on my grill. Like now, even if I come on and my hair's all over, the like, you'll hear me going, I look at the bleeding head of me. Why do you think you do that? I don't know. Because I know other people are going to slag me. So if I slag myself first, it's like, ha, I got there first. You can't do it. And it won't hurt me then. In a way. Like I know I did speak about my teeth in January, but that day, if I had probably put up something about my teeth and then I seen that comment, I would probably want to hurt me. Because mm. I'd spoken about it. I don't know. I don't know how why I do it. Do you think you're body confident? Uh, I want. Um, I am a bit more now. Did you actually ever? You probably didn't see me picture when no. I put up a picture. I was um, on a cruise in Vegas, and I'm sitting on the chair, and I actually said I look like Homer in a dress, and one of my cousins drew the fucking dress on me, and he sent it to me in WhatsApp, and I look Homer in a moo That's what we used to still call me Homer in a moo So that. I wasn't body confident then, but I started going slim and world. I went to the gym and stuff like that. And then I did. And then putting on a bit of weight, then you're like, oh no, my jeans don't fit me anymore. But I'm, I'm happy now. I'm not as, last, I went to Dubai last year and I was super happy, body confident. Yeah, no, Pictures I was, oh, I literally, mm-hmm. but obviously now with Corona and stuff, I just feel like I'm not trying a lot more and I'm not, I'm not as body confident now because I know your jeans don't fit. You're like, mm. oh no. My sister said to me today, come in here, put on a pair of jeans. I go, my jeans, none of my jeans fit me. Don't be telling me to wear jeans. Mm. So I'm not really that body confident, but. Do you care less now? I do care less now. Yeah, I do. I don't know why or how. I probably, probably the Instagram helped me. Like not, not caring and, and actually coming on and without makeup. I, I used to put makeup on going super value to buy eggs. Super value two minutes from my house. Because I knew people would see me. Look at the look at her skin and all my skin. It was bad. It was really, really bad. There came times where they were like, literally like boils on my neck and all. But I covered them with makeup constantly. And it wasn't helping. I mean, like I was so upset over mine. I really, really was. Like I used to make me marin and I used to be like, Siri, your poor skin and all. And I'm like, oh my please. It's, I think as well, like your face, you, you look at someone's face, you talk to their face and when you have spots on your face, like you just, I, I was a bitch for covering my mouth. And I know that didn't help. I worked on computers. Obviously, mm. people touching the keyboards all the time. Me touching them. Constantly cut. But that was more of a thing where I didn't want anyone to look at them. It is. It's because we're girls as well. And we're, I think, we're supposed to look beautiful and have this flawless skin and stuff like that. It, it is a kind of stereotype. But with, with girls, like, when you have spots, it's like, oh, jeez, look at her skin. It was the same for me. Honestly, it's it's bad, I think. Girls today. because And then in the end, you just got, it, it, what did you do? I literally went on to Instagram. A few people. Do you know what as well? I didn't. So that was another thing that was on Tal. Like she goes on, cries about her skin and boom, sent skincare. I didn't know I was going to get sent skincare. I had tried so many skincares. I tried medicine. I tried bleeding antibiotics. I had tried absolutely everything. Steaming my face, going to beauticians. Nothing was working for me. Absolutely nothing. I did get a skincare routine that it would kill the spots when I get them. But they were still constantly coming. And I was like, this isn't working either. Yeah, it was kind of killing them and breaking them down, but it wasn't working. So my page, I was telling you, it blew up. Mm. I remember going up to my friends for a cup of tea after work that day. And like, I, I was holding my phone. I was shaking. I was like, look, look at my page. It went up like 4,000 followers in four hours or something like that. I'm not messing. It literally blew up. And my DMs, I'd never had this many DMs in my life. And I was like, I can't. She's like, Sarah, what's working on like, my page? And I'd be like, well, you're at the day on a big thing. And... I was so anxious that I even done it. I was like, will I delete it? She was like, don't delete that. Don't delete it. Like, we need more people like you out there. Why did Why did you question yourself to I delete that? I don't know. I really, but in case people probably talk, spoke about me. Look, I'm crying on Instagram. But no, nobody spoke about their skin or 
I just feel like it wasn't really. I never saw someone with skin as bad as mine coming on and speaking about it. And I just, I don't know why. I was, I, I really questioned deleting them. I what was, was like, in no. your DMs? Just people, oh my God, I can't believe someone actually coming on speaking about it. Loads of people as well that had skin problems saying like, oh my God, I needed to see this. I'm sick of covering my skin. And then I looked and I had a message off Cosmetics Bulgaria. Hey Sarah, we were sent your story. We would love to send you some products to try. And I was like, no, no, I can't take it. What, what, what is this? Is this, is this my first PR? And I know in a way, like, you're like, oh my God. Like, and I got back onto them and I was like, hey, I would absolutely love to. And they were like, look, what we need a promise from you. And that is to stick with them because we really think they're like, take a photo today and then take a photo in six weeks and send it to them. And they checked in with me every day. Are you doing it? Are you doing it all? Like once in the morning, once at night. And I was, and my skin just changed completely. Like it has cleared up so much. Now I wouldn't do it every, I do it obviously every morning. Nighttime, I probably just give it wash with the foam and put a bit of um, cream on and that's it. But in the mornings, I do every single step. And my skin has cleared up so much. I can't believe it. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I just wrote this word down. Wordy. Do you think you're wordy for all these things? <sighs> I don't know. Like, do you ever see me sometimes? I'm going to like see rubies. <laughs> I absolutely love rubies. And when they contacted me, like, I always say I'm emotional. Like, I am emotional. I think it's because I'm like, why me? Why am I getting these things? So... In a little way, I do, but Ruby's was something that I never expected. So I wouldn't have thought I would would have been wordy for my favourite restaurant to send me Ooh. dinner. Like, that was Ooh. crazy. So I do and I don't in a way. And that's probably bad that I don't. Do you feel wordy in yourself? Don't mind Instagram? Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. I don't know, actually. Now that you're at the point that taught me head. I don't know. Like, do you think all of that you said you're strong, like, you know, like everything has made you the person you are today. Yeah. And you standing there going, nothing can faze me, like, you know, because. I'd love to think that, but then again, like when I see a bad comment and stuff like that, like we were saying, so many people have left Instagram because of it, that it does make you just want to know too many people are judging me. And it's hard to think that you'd want to stop. I help so many, get messages saying that I help so many people a day, let's say. And then I see that one comment and I just want to take it all down. Like, why am I, do I want to take it all down on behalf of one bad comment and I'm helping so many others? Why? I don't, I don't know why we're like that. I think we're just too much in our own head more than anything. You see one bad thing about someone and you're just like, I oh, know I won't watch them now or something. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. And I've mentioned him before because I love his content. Um, but do you know who actually made me go, well, look, if he can wear it, I can wear it. James Patrice. Love him. Love James. Always have loved James. Like, and he puts it like that when he put that full leather outfit on himself. Yeah. And I was like, that's a bloke. Yeah. Putting a full leather outfit on himself and a pair of heels and walking down. And I was like, yeah, get over yourself, Rebecca. Yeah. See, in a way like that. And yeah, it is. It's crazy. Why do we think like that? Why? That's why now, like my friends always say that I don't really care what people think. Obviously, I know we all deep down do care, but... I was kind of always a class clown in the job and I'd always make people laugh and stuff like that. And I think on Instagram, I do come across like that. I do always people like, there's something wrong with you. You're absolutely mad. But that's me. And that's, again, that's James. Do you know mm. what I mean? He just wants to show who he is and 
you'd put on the leather suit and rock it and you did rock it didn't you rock it you know what I mean in a way like so that's like me even sometimes it would be 40th birthday Mm. outfit I was like oh my god I need to get a photo for Instagram I was I got dressed eight times eight times I just didn't feel I didn't feel Instagram worthy like Mm. honestly that's so bad I ended up getting a delivery from Zara to the door 10-15 minutes before my family came because obviously it was true corona Mm. so we literally had two or Few, few family members in the house at the time I ended up putting on leggings and a bodysuit and me runners and I was like but this is me why do, why do I want to put on this fancy dress and like I can't do my own makeup or anything. I can't even comb my own hair <laughs> so I was like I had got my makeup booked and I had my hair booked now but then obviously Corona I couldn't I had to cancel it and I was so stressed out like having to look perfect for Instagram but I ended up putting on my leggings and my jumper and me runners and I felt Amazing. I felt comfortable. I was like, this is me. Where if I had to put up a picture beside me cake and all in a dress and heels, everyone would be like, who's that? That's not her. Where do I am? Me leggings and me little bodysuit and me runners like, and that's me. Just who I am. Make people laugh. Make myself laugh. I tell you a joke and I would roar and laugh before I even get to the end of it and probably ruin the whole joke. But I literally laugh at my own jokes more than anything. I probably do think I'm one of the funniest people in the world, but that's that's just me and it's you're the same. Me. There yeah. you go. You just think you're funny. Yeah. Talk to me about the boyfriend now. Where did uh, that happen? And what what is his name for? His name is Michael. 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 Tell me about Michael. I actually know Michael ten years or something. I know Michael all my life. And he kind of was chasing me for a bit. But I think I was just in I wanted to kind of walk on me in a in a little way. I was just kind of really like, no, I don't need a I don't need a relationship. And I always I always always pushed him, pushed him away. And one of our really good friends, like our really good friend's mother passed away then. And we got kind of a bit closer in a way that I seen him a lot more. And he was just like to me, like, don't give us a kiss. I want. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't want to kiss on me. And he was like, no, I wouldn't. And I was like, right. And he's like, what do you mean? Right. And I was like, no, right. And we'll try. So we tried. And the thing for me is with him, like, I didn't have to hide anything. Bally Hum was out there. He knew who Bally Hum was. He knew me. He knew of me. He knew I was funny. He knew I was crazy. He knew I was mad. He saw all the posts that I'd put up about re- relationships beforehand. And like what I was saying to you, like after being on Tinder and all them dating websites and stuff like that. And I'm putting up quotes about them and stuff. He'd seen all that and he knew that side of me. And he didn't think I was crazy. Do you know what I mean? Wait, what I, I just reckon other, other lads, like let's say if I'm on Tinder mm. and I'm like, yeah, I have a bad one. And they go on, but fucking look at me. Look at that mad thing. <laughs> she bleeding roast me after yeah. So I think more was the fact that I knew him and that he knew me and he didn't judge me, he didn't judge the paid and stuff like that. And we just literally, I know it's weird, but I, I'm not messing, I fell in love with him. I really, really did. And he's like my best friend and he's my number one support. Is he? Yeah, he is. I'd probably still kill him though. He'd kill me as well. But yeah, we literally, he's too funny. He's like me in a way. We're, we're two buzzers. We mm. actually are two, two class clowns in a way. That's probably why we get along so well. And the fact that I knew him and... I was always terrified of four states, like always, but I knew him and there was no anxiety. There, it was just, it felt right. It did, it felt right. And as my first boyfriend in probably like 10 years or something, I wasn't with anybody for such a long time where I'd seen people and just never really walked out. But yeah, I can't believe it. Happy you. I know, I'm very happy. I'm wait, we're nearly with each other a year now. Oh really? Yeah. And, but and think about it, a year, we haven't been on a date really. No. Because of this corona. Mm. No, we did. We went to a hotel. Um, you've probably seen the pictures of me on the ground passed out. <laughs> um, we went to a hotel and we went to Ruby's twice, I think. 
And that was it. So we've never even experienced the pictures together or anything like that. But I think as well, if we're at the last and this long during lockdown, when you're constantly stuck with each other, like, I think we're going to last. I think, I hope we're going to last. We'll kill him if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into a stalker. Yeah, I'm telling you now, knocking at his door. And then if let's just again talk with Paige and your family around it. Does your sister find people adding her? Like, are you a bit yeah. private about that? With her? Yeah, sometimes now, like I'm saying that, I put a reel up to us today and she was like, don't tag me in that, like, don't tag me in that one. Mm. Where I wouldn't, but... She was actually doing like a fashion challenge and stuff like that. And I was, she didn't ask me to share it, but I shared mm. and I would text her, say, do you want me to tag you? Because obviously in things like that, the fashion challenges, like mm. you want to be seen and stuff like that. But she is a fashionista. She is like, she should be more famous than me because she looks like a supermodel, <laughs> honest to God. But yeah, no, my family's fine with it. They seem grand. Me man, tag me. Does tag she? us. <laughs> tag me in that. Mm. Yeah, no, they're actually all really, really fine with it. They are now. Some of my friends as well, like I probably wouldn't tag them to be like right don't don't tag me in funny videos no more out or anything like that mm. we're making a show of ourselves or something they'd be like right no probably don't tag me in that and I'd always say to them as well well look if they put up a video even and I don't want it on Bally Moon if it's me being a bleeding mad thing I'd say no just, just tag me normal page but yeah they're fine with it they seem to be fine with it and then can we just get into a little bit of nitty gritty in the sense of brands and PR yeah do you think that you don't get sent brands and PR stuff because of Bally Moon I think as well, it's to do with like, I don't, I don't think I'm vulgar, but I have no filter in a way where I'm not going to come on and say, oh my God, look at this cup. It's so amazing. Look at the porcelain. And I'd be like, look at this fucking cup. Isn't that massive? Do you know? Mm. And I sometimes like brands don't want to be associated with like, not coarse words or whatever, but they just want the polished, polished finish. And mm, that's the word. Yeah. Isn't it? Polished. And I am very unpolished. <laughs> Polished in, in good ways, but mm. I'm not super polished. Like, I wouldn't give you, if you give me a brief, I wouldn't. Let's say I woke with a frog. I actually woke with a frog mm. last week and I literally got a box of cans and stuff like that. And I ran a competition for them and they just sent me a tagline. It was like, this is what to put up, but obviously tweak it in your own way. Like they, they didn't say to me, you have to do this. And mm. that's what I think would scare me more with working with like, let's say an agency or anything like that, like would... Do I have to come on and speak so highly of this and follow their brief? Because mm. people would be like, who's that? That's yeah. not her. Like, she doesn't speak like that. She wouldn't use them words in a way. So I do think brands are more... Isn't it mad that brands that won't touch, they say they wouldn't touch your page because it's associated with what we've just spoke about. Yeah. That it's not polished and all. But your followers are so loyal. Yeah. So loyal. Because yeah, they it, know that. It's real. Mm. And that if you actually put out something and said like this, you know, buy this face cream or buy, you know, this, yeah. this I've really worked, that your followers would be so loyal and they would go and do that because they know it's real for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, Matt. I don't understand brands in, no. in some sense that they don't do those things. In in a way. And I always feel like that I don't really get, not I even want it or I just don't get it because of like me terms of words and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm, I know I'm not vulgar or well, sometimes I can be, mm. but I'm just me and I'm normal and I'm not filtered or polished mm. in a way. That's the, the way to put it. What was it? There was the two, the Michal Martin one and then the, 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 the drum. But imagine even a brand like wanting to send me something and I'm threatening to go down and knock on me, me home out and start to be like I'm now now but probably don't send her that product <laughs> do you know what I mean maybe that's it but I don't know I really don't know yeah I can know I, I I 
get it from some points, but also I'm like, you're missing out, you know, on a yeah. demographic because this is a demographic that is young people who have money to spend, who want to mm. spend the money. And, you know, like there's some products out there that a lot of bloggers are all using. That's in a way as well that would scare me that if a brand kind of got in contact with me and was like, hey, we're doing this project. There's going to be six of you. What's there's going to be six bloggers putting up the same story with the same pitch for the same thing? Mm-hmm. No. It's like, well, I get bored. I'd scroll through. Be like, mm. so you see, click onto one person's page and they're promoting something. Yeah. Two or three stories down. There you go again. I don't understand. Brands should probably space it out. You do it this week. You do it next week. I mm. feel like they all kind of push it together and they're all doing that. And it's like, oh, whose code will I use today? Mm. Where if you do it each week or something, I don't know. It is a bit. It's interesting. It, it is very interesting, actually, when you think of it like that, like mm. you saying that my followers will be a bit loyal and stuff. So, Oh, they would be because they know it's real and honest. Can I ask you um, about Ballymun today? Yeah. So what do you think of Ballymun t- when you think of it today? It has a, I feel like it has such a bad name, but we are like one of the best communities. I think we really are. In what such, way? Yeah. If I was to have me to help each other, like honest to God, like we really, we would come together. I think um, a young boy only died there a while ago and the family need money to raise, like, help raise money and they set up a GoFundMe and like there was so many people that came from Ballymore and different charities and stuff like that and and let's say like the likes of the pharmacy and stuff like that like shops they all came and supported them we're so supportive and I just feel like we're not all stereotypical I feel like a lot of people think that Ballymun just actually from Ballymun the state of ours, things like that. We're not like, like there's some great people from Ballymun, like Philly McMahon, he's on the Dublin mm. team. Do you know what I mean? Like he has his own gym and all. Like my friend Gemma actually, she started her own gym. Like there's a lot of business owners in all of Ballymun. We're bleeding great people. Yeah, hard working. <laughs> we are very hard working. We are. Mm. And I think we work hard in the fact that, not to prove something, but I don't even know how to put it. Like we really, yeah, we're, we're very hard working. We are hardworking people. It's working class. It's making sure you're okay. Make sure there's food on the table. Yeah. And that's my ma always said, Sarah, once all my bills are paid and there's food in that fridge, I do not care how much money I have. And it's, we've always been the same. Literally pay our bills, food in the fridge, anything else is a bonus. And that's how I see it. Mm. I do think Ballymun has such a bad kind of cloud over. I know like there's a lot of vigilantes, let's say, but you get that everywhere. And I feel like sometimes we're just picked that a lot. We really, really are some great causes in Ballymun. They're really, really. I think a man, I think Jerry Prendergastian, do you know him? Mm. Him. Did he only win a big award and stuff? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's brilliant. He's done a lot for the community. There's so many prior to Reco. Like growing up as a teenager, I knew I could always go to the Reco. We were always there instead of being on the blocks. I told you I hung around the blocks and stuff. What was the Reco? The Reco is Briar. So it's Ballymun Youth Regional Resource Centre. Yeah. Okay. Ballymun Youth I don't know something like that yeah Ballymun Youth Resource Centre and all the teenagers go we only went once a week but somewhere for us to all go and play pool and stuff like that and I don't think a lot of people even know that them services are out in Ballymun I was telling you I had a conversation with me man. I mm. said to me mum um, about like me brother like I don't think there's any services in Ballymun my mum goes Sarah there is nobody knows about them because my mum works in the job centre like loans and stuff like that like my friend Cheryl as well she um, is from Ballymun and she has started her own hair company, the Pearl Studio. And she built that from the ground up by herself. I went to school with Cheryl. Like for me, even seeing her building her business up, it's, and I remember even her telling me that people were like, geez, you're from Ballymun, you're doing that. And why is it such, 
oh my god you're from Ballymun and you're doing that it's like if I was from somewhere else you wouldn't think any different mm. don't get it like if you were at a Dundrum horn yeah you'd be do you know what I mean mm. would it be would it be different mm. it is mad crazy and you get your realness from from where you're from yeah exactly so. yeah and then let's would we have a little chat about the world today what do you think of everything going on I'm actually like so fed up are you honest to God I'm so lucky, I feel so lucky and grateful that I still have a job to go to. And that's the God's honest truth. But I feel like I wake up, I go to work, I come home. I wake up, I go to work, I come home. And in saying that, my sister and her boyfriend, they're working from home at the moment. And he was having, my sister's boyfriend was having his lunch the a day and he was having a sandwich. And he went to sit down at the table with a sandwich and he stood back up and he goes, fuck it, I want to sit at that table. I'm sitting at this table all, all my life, what it feels like. So I'm just, I'm fed up. We are, I think we're all fed up in a way and it's hard. Like yesterday, I probably cried for 12 hours of the, 24 hours of the day. Why? I don't know. I just, I felt like everything was just getting on top of me and I was getting upset over and I I tried to explain to my friend, like, I don't even want to be upset because I know everyone else is upset and we're on the same boat and I'm just like making you like, yeah, well, I feel the same as you and I just... There's nothing to do. You can't get up. You can't go out. You can't. Like I'm so. I'm a people's person. I always was a people's person. And like in my job now, there's only ever two of us in the office at a time. Where it used to be four, and we'd all sit in the canteen having our lunch together. Not, only one person's allowed in the canteen. So I just feel like I'm kind of cut off from the world. I know we all feel like that, but I just. Do you know what I wish? I wish we could. They even lifted the five k. We had like ten k to go to different surroundings and stuff. It's just literally like. My friend said she feels like she's in an episode of the Truman Show. And that's literally just day in, day out. So the world right now for me, man, I'm just like, can I get off? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel. But I know everyone feels like that. I do. And like I'm used to going on, I usually always have a holiday to look forward to. I book one big holiday every year. I got Dubai last year, but that was February. I usually have one for September. So I missed that. I'm missing out saving for this one. And... Oh, it's just never ending really, isn't it? You're just like, oh my God, when? When is everything going to be back to normal? So the world right now is literally stressing me out. (laughs) And how do you get over that? Like, how do you just have a chat with yourself? Yeah. The thing that's kind of helping me now is that I know I'm I'm not alone and I'm not feeling this by myself. So it's grand. And when you talk about it, like one of my friends said the other day, even she was like, Sarah, we are all in the same boat. She's like, we're all in the same boat going different places, let's say, but... Oh, it's just, I can't even explain what I even do. I just go asleep and wake up and it's a new day. Mm. Just get over it. It's sad to think though that you just have to get over it, isn't it? Like, mm. I do get up though. I know it's the greatest thing now. Let's go for a coffee. Now, last week I went for two or three coffees with my friend and we just went on a walk around the park and stuff like that. But even the likes of gyms, like I'm not a big gym goer. I really never was, but even once a week would help me. People say, go on a run. I can't go on a run by myself. I can't, I need someone screaming at me, like, do this, do that. It's just, it's so hard. It is hard. I don't know how I get over. And then tell me what the future holds for you. What does, where is Ballymun home going? Do you know what? I don't know. Everyone used to always say that to me, like, where do you see yourself? I never knew what I ever wanted to do. And that used to always sit heavy on me. Be like, people used to always have these career goals and house plans and, I was just really like, I don't know what I want to do. I remember I wanted to be a social care worker. 
and I went to, I was supposed to go to an interview. I was that scared that I never went to the interview. So I never actually even went to college. I went to like finish school, dummy leaving series mm. and I went to outreach after. I always felt like I was never good enough and I don't know why I always felt like that. Like with interviews, going to interviews and jobs and like, no, don't go to college. You know, like you're not good enough for college. I don't know why I ever felt like that. So, I do. The, it's, it's just from, I, I think a lot of a person who Jesus, I'd probably take to say, but just stems back from that. Yeah. Do you feel that you weren't good enough for his family? Probably. Yeah, maybe. It probably is that. I just feel like you're not worthy. Now you ask me, either, do I feel worthy in a way? But you ask me, like, how, where do I see myself? I do not know. I'm very, very happy in my job that I'm in now. Now I know I'm obviously, they'll be giving out sometimes about night shifts and stuff like that. But my job is, I'm happy. My relationship, I'm happy. So anything else now that I think in my life that I get is, is a really big bonus. So I just want... I always say, everyone always say, what do you want in life? And I always say to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest goal is to be happy. And people do say, but you can't just get happiness. You have to build happiness. And I do. I try every morning. I try to get up. We all have our bad days. I get into bed for an hour. But I always try to say, right, do one good thing for yourself a day. One good thing just for you. Even if it's like cleaning something in your room. Do you know that you're probably always looking at, I always look at my dresser. So I know like if I get up and clean my dresser, I'm going to be a bit more happier. It's weird to even think, but. Are you happy? Once, I am happy. I'm happy now. Yeah. Like I wasn't obviously happy. Like two, what might it have been? Two or three years ago, like when all that was kind of happening with me, brother and stuff like that. And I got really, not depressed. I was never on medication or anything like that. So I've never, um, anxiety. I got a bit of anxiety and stuff. I did go to the doctors and speak about it, but I never wanted to be on medication. I don't know why. I just, I didn't want to have to mask it with something. Now I know it helps a lot of people and stuff like that, but I know it's so hard then to come off it. So I'm, I am, I'm, I'm very, very happy now. But a few, about two or three years ago, if I'd have asked me how happy I was, it would have been like, oh God, can we not talk about that? <laughs> and I probably would have tried to just move on. Mm. But I am very happy in my job. It's been a long time coming. I actually worked for, can I say who I worked for? I worked for Air for a good couple of years, like six years. And I just felt like I was doing the same thing. I wasn't getting anywhere in there. Where my job that I have now, there is a lot of room to progress. In air, I just didn't feel like I was. And then I left there with no job. That was hard. That was one of me. Huge. That was two or three years ago at that time where I just felt like I needed, I wasn't happy. I was getting up, going to work. I was moaning when I came home about the job. I was, wasn't going out with my friends and I just had to leave. I was like, no. And I left. That was one of the scariest things, leaving with no job because you're so used to having money. I had like rent to pay, bills to pay. And I got a new job. I just, first job I got, I took it. And that was probably one of the worst things I could have done either. So mm. I actually lasted there three months, three or four months. And one Friday I left. And I just never went back in the email to one Monday. I was like, I can't come back there. And then I got this job. I feel like the past two years, everything has kind of not fell into place for me. But secure? Yeah. Where the job that I have now, I feel secure in it. My boyfriend, like I'm so happy with him. I trust him 100%, 100 million, thousand percent. I love that he loves me for me. Me friends, I know I could tell them everything. Me mom, me sister, me family, like we're all very close. And anything else now that I get, I think it'd be like a little bonus for me that I'm happy and I'm secure and I have the best people around me. You're loved. I'm loved. And I, I really feel loved. I do feel loved. My friends tell me they love me all the time. Me mom, me boyfriend. It's just, it's, it's a nice feeling. So like, where do I see myself? I do not know. I don't have a clue, but... If I'm happy, that's all that matters for me really in this life. 
I think it's probably from being through so much sadness as a kid. That I now. love you, Sarah. Ah, stop, please. No, because you do. make me cry, you will. No. You will. I love you. Ah, and I stop. know that you, you sat down and had a conversation with your mom. I and have I'm to, sure, yeah. like, she's just so fucking proud of you. Yeah, she always tells me she is. She does. She's like, you're mad, but I love you. She does love me. I know she loves me. Like, for her taking you to the doctor that day and then. She helped me. To, yeah, she saved your life. She did. She really did. I was this angry, emotional little girl at the time when you think about it. Like I just scared, like, probably scared. I was, yeah, scared. But then, like I said, I'd been through a lot. Mm. I had and I probably just pushed it to the back of my head. And, and I'd say as well in a, in a way that she does always say like, like, what did I do wrong with Robert? And I always try to say to her, like, I think a lot of parents need to hear this, that it's not you. Sometimes... They just go through a different, we've all had the same upbringing, the three of us we have. And sometimes people just go down that road, the wrong road. And I was so lucky that I didn't, I really am. And my mom has done everything to help the three of us. She's like got me with her into rehab and stuff. Like, as I said, she works in the job centre. She got in contact with people that could probably help him, try help him after prison. Because he was locked up. We're like, what, where is he going to go? So yeah, from my mom looking at me now. She can see a big change made a difference in me and I can, I can tell that she's so proud of me. And like I was saying, for any mother out there, like my mom has raised the three of us the same. And obviously my brother has went down a bit of a bad road, but I would hate for any mother to think that it's them. Sometimes we just choose a different path in life. And I know she's so proud of the three of us now. Like my sister has a degree and all. Like my sister has, she's probably one of the smartest ones out of the whole lot of us. And my mom is proud of us, but especially from where we're from and I think a lot of people probably think that people from Ballymun will just grow up being addicts and stuff like that so for us to probably like me have a good job my sister has a great job with a degree and stuff like that and we've head on our shoulders and she tells us she's proud of us every single day is she? every day she tells you she loves you? every day I, I can't go to bed or out without saying bye you know as well and you're walking out her see you later I love you love you too it's just one of them things and isn't it mad how people don't say that? yeah I do find that so weird. I always say it. It's something, even to me friends, love you always like, it's just something maybe, I don't know. My mom would say it means, well, you, you you say it because you're like your dad's family or whatever, wouldn't say it or whatever. But I just, it's a sense of secureness, wouldn't it be? Like you're just your family and yeah. People need they to mean, say it more, yeah, don't they? Yeah. My family mean like the world to me. They do. And on that note, Sarah, thank oh, you so much for sitting welcome. down with me. And I know you were apprehensive. I was. But I just think that you're fab. Your story, yeah. you know, and everything about you is just really, really lovely. And the fact that you're just so real. Yeah. That's what, that's all I want to be. And I, honest to God, I am a normal girl in a filtered world. I'm getting these amazing opportunities because I am that person. And that's what I need to remember. What I want from people to take from it is like, you can't change like me. Like I was so angry. I got help. You can be yourself online. Just be you, be true and everything will fall into place. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.